Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. so good to see everybody this morning. Appreciate you being here at FBC Barberville. And so thankful for our mothers this morning. Now, as a father now of a little girl especially, I'm kind of partial to uh, we dads. However, I know that these mothers hold a very, very special place in the hearts of their children. And nobody will ever be able to take that place from them. So we've been looking at the life of King David lately. Last week, we we actually talked about the duties of parenthood as mothers and fathers, looking at the life of David and some of his failures, honestly, as a father himself. And this morning, we're going to look at some of David's writings. Again, we're going to jump back over to the book of Psalms. Psalms is literally right there in the middle of your Bible, if you want to look it up. And in this passage of Scripture in Psalm 139 this morning, David explores... I would call it the sovereignty of God. He really gets into some big ideas in Psalm 139, especially in in the Lord making people who they are and designing them and creating them. And it's a fitting passage this morning because God, in all of His infinite wisdom, he's, He's chosen to bring us here through our mothers, right? I mean, how many people don't have a mother? We We all got one somewhere. And that's the way that God wanted to bring life about was through the special thing called a mother. So everyone, whether they admit it, has a a mother. And the Bible makes it clear. And I'm going to hit some some pretty big points this morning. Here's one of those. The Bible makes it clear, folks, that God initiates life for every person while that person is still in their mother's womb. And because of that, mothers are very, very special people. Okay, and I know that our culture it just gets crazier every single day. But motherhood is a very special gift from God Himself. And while it isn't motherhood that defines a woman, it is only a woman who will ever experience this godly gift of motherhood, regardless of what our crazy culture and society might try to tell you. So what David writes so many years ago which I think our culture is trying its best to forget today, is that the infinitely wise and infinitely holy God that we sang about this morning, our maker, our creator, he has designed each and every one of us in a certain way for a certain purpose. And the fact is, our God does not make mistakes. So with that in mind, David ponders God's incredible sovereignty. Notice, we'll start in verse 7 this morning. Psalm 139. David says this. He says, Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. If I say, Surely the darkness will hide me. And the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are like to you. For it was you 
who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Or as you're probably familiar with some translations, fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wondrous and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Verse 16 says, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All the days, all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me. How vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, I'm still with you. Now, we don't have, unlike some of the other psalms that David wrote, we don't have a lot of context for him writing Psalm 139. Many kind of think it was written towards the early part of David's reign as king. But regardless of when this was written, you've got to look at these words and realize these words demonstrate a very deep faith in the author. Just a deep understanding of God and who God is and what God is capable of. And he asks very deep questions like, where can I go? To escape your spirit. Or where can I go to flee from your presence? You're always there God. You always know what I'm thinking. What I'm doing. What I'm saying. Where I'm at. And it reminds me. I read that and it reminds me of mom growing up. You you can't hide anything from mom. Right? I, I mean you can try. But somehow mom always, like you can come in knowing that there's no way possible mom knew what you were up to. You can walk in the house and see it on her face. Mom knew you was up to something. I remember I was, just, I was just a young kid. I was probably six, seven years old at the time, just a little guy. And at that time in my life, we lived on this farm. And on the farm, there were some other houses and some kids that lived in those houses. We all played together on the farm. And I got the bright idea one day that me and these neighbor kids needed to go. And in the middle of the farm was this decent-sized little pond, a cow pond, And I come up with the idea that we kids needed to take this little boat and go out on this pond. I mean, it sounds like a great idea, right? It'd be fun. Now, we knew better than this, but but we did it anyway. And so we get this boat out on this pond. And the way the pond is, I even remember thinking, it's kind of over the hill a little bit. It's kind of hidden from the houses. Mom will never even know we were out here in the middle of this pond in this little boat. So I thought... So we're out there in the middle of this pond, and all of a sudden we look up, and coming across the field is the neighbor's parents. They, apparently from their house, could see the pond. And so they were coming, and and, and the the best idea we came up with was, of course, paddle to shore really quick. And I thought, that's not my parents, so uh, I'll just run away. And I went and hid in the woods while I listened as their parents were scolding them, probably whipping the tar out of them. And then they left, and I kind of made my way back to my house and my mom and acted like nothing ever happened. And I never, I don't get this, I never thought for a second the neighbors would tell mom. But later that evening, the phone rang, and little Tyler got what was coming to him. Moms kind of always know, and I I think even looking forward into my teenage years, mom somehow always knew, and there's nowhere you can go to escape mom's presence. She has eyes everywhere. So is the Lord. Now, uh, 
with that kind of in mind, I want to point three things out from David's wisdom this Mother's Day. And the first is this. This is a big point that a lot of us need to realize. You can't hide from your maker, no matter how hard you try. David tells us that we can't hide from his presence. God is omnipresent. He's literally everywhere. You can't escape God's spirit. You can't outrun the Lord. And many of us will waste precious years trying to run from the Lord and run from God's plan for your life. But you can't do that. The prophet Jonah didn't understand that. And we read that Old Testament story. And Jonah literally tried his hardest to run as far from God and God's plan as he could. But he just couldn't escape from God. Now, it kind of seems silly today. I know that we think, yeah, preacher, I know we can't hide from God. He's everywhere. We get this. We can't run from an all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God. But how often do we try to run from God's plans? God pushes us in one direction, and we go the complete opposite direction in life, knowing that what He wants us to do. Sometimes, and I think we see this often in today's world, sometimes we try to hide from our Maker in the sense that we, we, we put on this, this fake persona or this fake identity. We try to be something or be someone that other than the person that God designed and created us to be. And I think, folks, that principle right there, just hear me out for a second, I think that principle right there will probably be the theological fight of our lifetime. Our culture feeds that problem. The media feeds that problem and tries to tell people that if, if you feel this void in your life, it's not the presence of the void that's the problem. You just need to be something besides what the void is trying to tell you to be. In other words, you need to be something other than what God created you to be. Our culture tells us if you're struggling with yourself and struggling with your identity and you have this tension between the way that you, you feel you were born or the way that you feel you were made and you got other people telling you that you should be this way, our culture is now saying well, you, you just need to mask that problem and hide from your, your maker. Hide from your creator. Just give in to whatever desire or feeling or dysphoria that you think will fix your problem. And that right there will solve your problem. But the, David realized so long ago, folks, it's not the case. That you cannot hide from him. No matter how hard you try. No matter how much you try to change yourself or be a different person or act a different way or look a different way. We live in a world where all the vessels today try to tell the potter what they ought to be. Who is the vessel to tell the potter what it should be? And that's why we have so many problems. And so in contrast to what the world is saying, you know what the gospel says? The gospel says you don't have to hide from your maker. You need to run to your maker. The gospel says that you don't have to hide from him in shame like Adam did when he sinned against God in the garden. No, the gospel says if you're struggling with who you are and you're struggling with your identity, then you run to him and find your identity in Christ. The gospel says if you're struggling with your feelings, I didn't hear any amens on that one. But if you're struggling with the way you feel and, and your emotions and you're even struggling with sin and, and you, you feel like, well, man, you just you can't believe you were born this way. Then guess what the gospel says? The gospel says you can be born again. You don't have to hide from him. You don't have to run from him. You don't have to run from God's plan for your life. Because he's your maker. Notice what David said about that. Not only did God just make you just to make you. The Bible says that he fearfully and wonderfully made you. 
God made you in the most lovingly and careful way. The Bible says that God himself, I don't know how he does it, but he knit you together inside of your mother's womb. And there's so many implications for that thought. First of all, you got to understand that if God was the one who did this, if he knit you together, that means that God himself came up with the idea of you. Turn to somebody and, and, and say, God came up with you, right? Look in the mirror sometime and, and, and think, really? This is what you came up with, God? But he did. And then he took that idea, and, and, and it's, it's just like the potter and the clay. God formed you and made you. David said, it was God who created my inward parts, even those minute cellular level things that you'll never understand about yourself. God made that. He put all that together, and not only did he make you, but mankind is God's special creation, created in the image of God himself. David says, man is fearfully and wonderfully made. It's another big deal, secondly, because if God made you, that tells me that you're not simply the result of just the right chemicals coming together at just the right time in just the right way is some random act of the universe. No, God Almighty fearfully, wonderfully, incredibly made you and designed you in His own image and designed you with a purpose for your life. And He's decided to use our mothers in a very, very special way to bring all this about. I was looking at some family history here recently, and, and, and if you've never done that, don't start because it's the rabbit hole you'll never climb out of. But it's fascinating. Just because here's the way I look at this I start looking at all these people and all these events in history, and I think, my goodness, God orchestrated every one of these events and every generation to eventually allow me the privilege of life. And I found some pretty interesting folks, like on the Shield side, there's this McGuire line. It goes way back to Ireland, and my sixth great-grandfather actually came into Kentucky through the Cumberland Gap with Daniel Boone and died in the Revolutionary War. It's just fascinating history. Then, If you look at the mother's lines especially, it's so interesting because you start seeing all these, just a multitude of family lines that have to come together again to get to you. And I found people like... They're kind of popular in culture today, like the Duttons. I'm kin to some Duttons. If you know what I'm talking about, you need to pray at the altar this morning. <laughs> Longmires. And here's one that just blew me away. My great-great-grandfather's name. You know what it was? My great-great-grandfather's name was John Pritchard. Meaning me and John Bill Pritchard are kin. And John Bill says, well, you can't choose your kin, buddy. <laughs> but God put all this together. <laughs> Just amazing. Now, I share that because, no, you can't help who you're kin to. I mean that in a good way, John Bill. But you can't help the circumstances into which you were born. You didn't get to choose your mother or your father, but I want you to understand this. God does not make mistakes. Maybe you've wrestled with the way that God made you. Maybe you've wrestled with your identity. Maybe you've even spent time asking God, God, why am I this way? Why do I have the problems that I have? Why can't I do this or be like that? And this morning, you need to trust what His Word says and trust your Maker, that your Maker made you the way that He did for a very 
very good reason. And that's the third thing we see from David this morning. He has a plan for you. God not only planned your person, but I believe that God planned your life. Now, of course, you have a choice in how a lot of things in life go, but God has a very detailed plan for you. And David talks about just how amazing the very thoughts of God are, that his thoughts and plans are often just so incomprehensible. But they're good. Because God himself is good and his plans are good. And because of that, you can trust his plan for you and his design for your life. And we know from Scripture, hear this very clearly, we know from Scripture that God determines even the very beginning and ending of every person's life and that life truly does begin in a mother's womb. Regardless of what our culture may try to tell us. God knit you together inside your mother's womb and not only to bring you life but he already had a plan of what that life would be like and I'm thankful this morning she's not in here so I can talk about her I'm thankful that God allowed me to be born to the mother that I was born to it's something you can't choose right but if I'd been given the choice of any mother to have I couldn't have made that choice any better than the one that God gave me yesterday we had our first annual Race for Life for the Barberville Pregnancy Care Center. A 5K race for life. And I think it went so well, we'll probably do it every year on Mother's Day weekend. It just has that, that meaning behind it. And I was in charge of... So the way the course is laid out, you have a few different points that somebody needs to be there to point people in the right way. So I was in charge of manning one of those points that was at the one-mile and three-mile turn. So turning them off the track and then turning them back on to go to the finish line. And so I stood there, and, I, and as the race kind of started winding up, I started seeing all these runners coming back. Matthew Keller beat everybody there, by the way. Smoked them. But I start seeing these runners come back, and they're, they're trickling in and trickling in. And I, I look up, and then off in the distance, I see this little red shirt just chugging away. And at first, I was like, who is that? who's that out there? And I watched, and I watched, and I realized that little red shirt was my mama chugging along on her last mile. And I wish I'd taken a picture of it because I, I, I always have this image in my mind. I thought, what a picture of my mom right there. Really, what a picture of all mothers. Because here she came, and, and mom, no offense, but not as young as she once was. But folks, she was running her last mile, and she was running it well. She was showing some of these younger folks how to do it. And then I thought about our life together, mother and son. And I thought about the fight that my mom had in her, in a good way. And I thought about the steadfastness that she had and the persistence that she's always had. All those qualities that a good mother has. And just pressing on towards the finish line. Pressing on towards that, that goal. As Paul says, fighting the good fight and finishing my race and keeping the faith. And I thought, what an analogy for us. Because sometimes the race gets tough, doesn't it? Sometimes the course gets a little rough. Sometimes we get so confused, we don't have somebody there pointing us in the right direction, we'll just run right off course and God has to rescue us and bring us back. Sometimes you're running through life and you just want to quit. Your kids let you down, people let you down, things happen, you just want to give up, you just don't see the point in all of it. Sometimes you don't understand why God's doing the things that He's doing, but you can rest assured this morning He's still in control. 
And he still has a plan. And his plans, the Bible says, are for good and not for evil. And while his thoughts and plans, as David says, sometimes are just so big, you can't even grasp when you can't wrap your mind around them. Sometimes they're just so, you look back over your life and things are just so interconnected where God's just been at work all over the place. You just can't grasp what he's doing. But he has a plan. And he has a plan that goes beyond what your life would even be like. I want you to get this. His plan goes beyond the circumstances of your life. It goes beyond who your parents would be, your mothers, who your children would be. God's greatest plan, really the greatest scheme that anybody's ever came up with, was how God planned to save us from our sins and redeem His people. All these children of His. Would you stand with us this morning as we close in prayer? I'm thankful that I've had a mother... <laughs> who always prayed for me. Maybe this morning you're the one that's been on the receiving end of those motherly prayers. And you realize that you're the one that needs to be saved. That you've tried to run from God's plan. You've tried to run from Mama's hand and Mama's eyes. And today you need to be saved. Mom, maybe you're here this morning and you're still praying for that child. Would you continue to pray in faith that God will bring them home? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, God, we thank you so much for who you are. God, that you are the complete, sovereign, and the holy, good, powerful, mighty being, our creator, our maker, our designer, our Lord, our Savior, our King. God, you are so much more than we will ever be able to understand. Yet at the same time, you want a personal, one-on-one -on -one relationship with each and every one of us. To the point, God, that if, if we were the only person alive, you would still send your son to die for our sins. God, what kind of love is that? We can't even wrap our minds around it. God, as much as our mothers love us, God, we know that you love us even more. And Father, this morning, if there's someone here that has been running from who they are, running from you, running from your plans, God, I pray this morning they would take that step of faith and be saved. And God, if there's any wayward children here this morning, their mama's been praying for them. God, I pray today, today those prayers will be answered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, if you need to come and, and you just want to come and pray. If a mom wants to come pray for her children, if you want to just come and pray for yourself, of course, this altar is open. If there's a decision that you need to make, or if you need to be saved this morning, or if you feel like this is the, the, the church where God has led you and you want to become a member here at First Baptist Church, why don't you come as we sing this song of invitation? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.